attention, please. You are wondering what today's lesson will be about. Today's lesson is going to be about emotions. Now, we all start with a primary set, and as we grow older, we acquire more of them. When your emotions control your action, it affects not only yourself, but the people around you. This will help. Sit down. Emotions are centered in the lower part of the brain. It is complicated, yes, but mysterious no longer. Emotional behavior is largely involuntary. <laughs> I can't believe that. We have certain basic emotions which are controlled subconsciously. Notice your own emotional reactions. What did you feel? What did you do? Under control, your emotions can make you healthier and happier and improve the lives of people around you. This is pretty clever. That's a rather simplified suggestion of a complex mental process, but you get the idea. Pretty complex. One study I read said that there were 26,000 human emotions. So we're going to explain them all over the next three weeks and uh, <laughs> uh, unpack them, yes. That's okay. One study said there were five. So, <laughs> you know, who knows? Um, is, it, is it safe to say that it's a complex thought? Emotions, emotions. How do we unpack what happens in our minds, in our hearts, in our soul. I've been in the church a long time. And I remember, especially early on, going to revival services, going to camp meeting, and, and an evangelist standing on a stage and would say, listen, if you're in the room and, and you've got cancer, you've got diabetes, you've got something in your body, we want to pray for you. You know what I'll never remember? I don't ever remember saying hearing if you're in fear if you're struggling with worry anxiety depression i don't remember that and now that i'm not 30 anymore or 40 <laughs> here's what i've learned is that when you're not healthy emotionally, it affects everything else. And so sometime around October this past year, I, I just felt, and, and I, I use this phrase very carefully, I genuinely felt the Lord impress my heart for these next few messages. Um, I want to start with a disclaimer, though. Maybe you're in the room, you're watching online, and you have had a history of severe, diagnosable mental struggles. I want you to hear my heart for the next 45 seconds. I would never want to belittle those diagnoses. They're real, and they're powerful, and they're debilitating, and they're just like... I, I go to a doctor because of my diabetic condition, and he gives me advice and medicine. Uh, don't you ever let anybody stigmatize you because you go to see a doctor. Okay? I do also want to tell you that the principles we're going to talk about today apply to you as well. Because I do believe that God has laid out a plan for us to take care of our mind and our heart and our soul and our emotion. 
So what you're going to hear today is a, let me look at the clock, a 42-minute introduction. I sat down to, to put these messages together, and I usually start by putting together an introduction in the first message, and the first message just, the introduction just was, it's just a lot. It's complicated. So I'm going to turn your attention to a passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 12, and we're going to read this each and every week. The Bible talks a lot about your body. He talks, the Bible talks a lot about your mind. The Bible talks a lot about your thoughts, and the Bible talks a lot about your feelings, and the Bible talks a lot about your behavior. But what you might not realize is the Bible talks a lot about how your thoughts and your feelings and your behavior are connected. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Romans chapter 12, the first two verses say, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. That's a worship thing, right? Right? That's a spiritual thing. You with me? A living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. That's truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. So we talked about our spirit, and now he's talking about our behavior, right? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But, and here's the part I want you to get. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So today we're going to talk about what it looks like to have a renewed mind. A renewed mind. We talk a lot about 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. And we talk about that in the context of our, of our uh, what's the word I'm looking for, our, our our spiritual standing with God. And that's what that passage means. That we're a new creature and that God doesn't look at our sin through the eyes of our behavior any longer, but he looks through our sin through the eyes of his son Jesus. Isn't that good news? We're a new creature. But I believe that the same God that can regenerate our spirit can regenerate our mind and our bodies. See, we all have stories. We all have stories. We all have stories. And your story isn't over. God is continually authoring your story until the day you breathe your last breath. And honestly, some of us have stories that have led us to a point where our minds can be troubled. And we need a renewed mind. Sometimes that looks like depression. Sometimes that looks like addiction. Sometimes that looks like anxious thought. Sometimes it looks like anger. Sometimes it looks like fear and worry. And I, I'm going to tell you that I believe with everything in me that God has authored your story to this point and wants us all to live with a renewed mind. He wants to make us new people, not by changing the way we behave, changing the way we think first thing i want you to write down and oh by the way let me here we go here's what i don't want you to do today or the rest of this series 
I don't want you to I don't want you to miss being present in the message by making sure you got to fill out all those blanks. If if filling that out is going to is is going to remove you from the moment, I'll help you fill it in later. Okay? So I want you to stay connected and stay present with me. First thing is I I want you to understand that you were formed in God's image. Just let that settle for a minute. You were created in the image of God. Does that mean that when I go to the mirror, that that's what God looks like? I sure hope not. (laughs) Genesis chapter 1 says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. He created them. And and here's what I believe. Now, that's a... That's a very deep theological topic, but I'm going to, here's one slice of the pie. Just as God is Father, Son, and Spirit, all right? God is Father, Son, and Spirit. You are spirit, mind, and body. You're created in His image. God is triune. He's, He's the Trinity, and you have, part of who you are is spirit, mind and body and if you take any of those away you're no longer who you are correct but here's the here's the thing we got to we got to stop compartmentalizing them here's what we'll do we'll go to church on sunday to take care of our spirit self we'll go to the gym on monday morning to take care of our body self listen that's not how this is going to work one my spirit affects my mind my Mind affects my body. My body affects both of those. Can I prove it to you? Can I prove that to you? Listen, if, you, if your body is exhausted after a long day of work, are you typically more or less patient? When your feelings are getting the best of you, when you're all up in your feelings, are you more or less energetic? Ha- Have you ever walked into church feeling depressed and anxious and left full of joy? Your spirit affects your mind and your mind affects your body and your body. It's they are completely connected. Have you ever had an intense emotional conversation and said, oh, my gosh, I'm exhausted? (laughs) Yeah. Because they're all connected. They're all connected. You got somebody in your life right now, do not name their names, but you're like, I don't have time for this phone call. I, I don't have the energy to have this conversation. Right? So they're connected. I firmly believe that I can't be healthy in my body if my mind is not correct. I can't be healthy in my spirit if, if I've got issues in the other parts of who I am. And all throughout the Bible, here's the connection that you're going to see. And I, you don't have a blank for this, so just kind of hang on. And those of you that are note-taking nerds will have to write this down on yourself. Not on yourself, but yourself. <laughs> Faulty thinking, okay? Faulty thinking creates negative feelings. Negative feelings create dysfunctional behavior. It all starts 
That's why Paul said, God's going to make you a new person by changing the way you think. How you think affects how you feel. How you feel affects what you do. That's why he didn't say, God's going to make you a new person by changing the way you feel. Your feelings will lie to you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And here's what I want you to understand. God created your emotions. I, I, I did a little straw poll, a little survey this morning with a couple of the ladies. So ladies, I'm not picking on you, but I'm just, just for fun. So let's say, let's, let's pick on Angie. Let's go over here and pick on Angie. Let's, me and Clint are on the telephone. Just pretend. And I ask this question, Clint, how's Angie? And he responds like this. She's a little emotional right now. Is that a compliment? I didn't, I didn't mean to trigger you. I'm just saying. Better not say that. But the truth is we are all emotional beings. Now, I'm, I'm going to speak for the men of the world. We don't like to admit that. We're big, strong, burly. Nothing can get to us. Nothing bothers us. Or so that's, that's what we would like you to believe. We are all emotional beings. So here's the question. Is there a time? Is there a place for joy? Is there a place for sadness? Anger? Frustration? Calm? Excitement? <laughs> here's what the Bible says, by the way. Ecclesi Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. So your emotions have a place. All of them. So how do we, how do we, I'm going to use this word and, and I don't know if it's even the right word, but I think you'll... How do we control our emotions? See, I, I, guess, I guess you can't. I, I guess you can't really control your emotions. So I, let's, let's, let's say that, that you can't control your emotions. But here's what I do believe you can control. I believe that you can control your response. So uh, the fact that we're emotional isn't the problem. Our response is the problem. So how do, you, how do you respond to anger? Let's just take a poll. Anybody ever responded incorrectly to an angry moment? Yeah, everybody but my wife. I was just picking. How, how about fear? Is, is there a time for fear? All right, all right. I'm, I'm just going to speak for, for Dwayne. There was a, I, I told you a story about Matt almost getting hit by a car in the middle. I was afraid in that moment. Sometimes fear ignites that fight or flight kind of response in all of us. Um, so is there time for it? I think so. How about worry or anxiety? You know, I, don't, I, I think that, that there's a place for concern, I think, when it eases over into worry. How do we respond to those things, to sadness and depression? Do, how do we make sure we respond the right way when those emotions come?
the right way. Um, here's what I don't want to do, y'all. I, I don't want to... Sometimes I feel like I, by, that I oversimplify the problem or the, or the solution to a problem. And I don't want to do that today. I don't want to offer you some religious platitudes that make you think that, you know, if, if you just read the right, you know, verse, that all of your emotional issues are going to go away. I don't want to do that. But I'm going to tell you, God has a plan for you controlling your response to your emotions. And that's, that's kind of what I want to unpack today. The first thing, listen, the first way I make sure I respond correctly to, to the emotions that I deal with, the first way is to have an ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. The most telling thing we can say as believers is, I just lost control. I lost control of my anger. I lost control of my anxiety. I lost control of my depression. I lost, I lost control. And here's what I, I genuinely believe. That if I'll have an ongoing, perpetual relationship with the Holy Spirit, part of that relationship is He helps me control my response to my emotional stuff. Does that make sense? It's real, y'all. It's real. There's a, there's a movement. Many of you guys know I'm, I'm in a master's program for clinical mental health counseling. And, and in that world, the, the phrase we use a lot is self-care. And, and I'm a proponent, by the way, but I'm going to change that a little bit. Let's not call it self-care. Let's call it soul care. Um, I, I believe that all of us need things like rest oh by the way when you're tired is it easier for me to get on your nerves okay is it, maybe not me but somebody else it's easier for is it is it easier for to get angry when things when you haven't when you don't have proper rest listen your response to an emotional event doesn't happen in a moment it's it's a culmination of how you're taking care of your soul Listen, I can't blame, we, we love to blame the devil, and listen, I'm sure he's got a lot to do with it, but, but listen, right here, if you're a child of God, the devil doesn't own you, and you can't give him the response to your stuff, he doesn't have that much power over you, you know what he has over you? What you give him, what you allow him to have over you. And listen, if I take care of my soul, if I, take care, if I put the right things in my mind and I'm spending time with my Savior and I'm in love with Jesus and I'm serving the church and I'm doing all of those things that God calls us as believers to do, I'm not going to tell you you're always going to have the right response, but the likelihood to you responding from a biblical Christian perspective is much higher. So let's talk about perspective. See, every, every time we, we have, an, and it, it's hard to be specific here because we all, those emotional events are, look different to all of us. Like, uh, 
I'm going to get in trouble for this, but when my wife gets emotional, there's tears. When I get emotional, there's silence. Right? Okay? When Matt gets emotional, there's an argument. No, had one this morning. Just that's we all respond differently, right? Our perspective see here's what we fail to do. In those moments we we fail to stop and step back and look at it with the right perspective. What we're going to do is we're going to when we respond in, in the wrong way, we it's because we look at it from an emotional perspective. What you and I have to learn to do as followers of Christ is in those moments, in those moments when we want to respond with anger, in those moments when we respond with worry, in those moments when we want to respond with anxiety, what, what can we do? Can we step back and look at it from a little different perspective? Can we look at it from a biblical perspective? Can we look at it from what's God teaching me now in this moment? See, that's all about understanding that you are indeed a child of God. And if I've placed my life in his hands, then when that event comes into my life, it has to filter through the big, mighty, powerful hands of God. And so in those moments, guess what he's doing? He's authoring my story and he's helping me understand that he is in fact in control and he's likely teaching me something. If I can look at it like that and find purpose in the event, then I can respond right. <laughs> if we, why am I thinking these thoughts? Why am I having these feelings? Why is this happening to me? If, if we respond just emotionally, can I tell you, you're going to get in a deeper hole. But if we can step back, Lord, are you, what are you teaching me? The other buzzword in the mental health community is mindfulness. Anybody have an Apple Watch? Does, does your Apple Watch tell you to be mindful? What is it? You're like, okay, it's mindfulness time. And, and I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to say, you know, calm down, get, get ahead of your thoughts, and, blah, you know, take a moment to just, you know, whatever. And I guess there's some value to that. Can I, can I tell you what might be more valuable in those moments? The Bible says to pray without ceasing. So maybe in those moments when I'm, when I, I'm tempted to respond emotionally, I'm tempted to respond without my... Um, this is, that would have sounded really insulting. But if I were to say, respond without all your faculties in place, how many of you sometimes lose it when things get emotional? What if I step back and pray? See, I believe that that's kind of what, what the Bible means when it says pray without ceasing. Does that mean we walk around, you know, with our prayer journal in our hand all the time and, and, and you're always uttering a prayer no 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 i believe that that what that means that in those moments when we don't know how to respond we lean on jesus lord help me respond the way you'd have me respond because here's the deal y'all 
we have an enemy. And here's what he'd love you to do. He'd love you to forget who you are. He'd love to place these these circumstances and situations in your life that are difficult and challenging and cause you to get all into your emotions and step outside of who God's called you to be and how he's called to to work in your life. See, I believe with everything in me, y'all, that what God wants to do is to be a friend in those moments that sticks closer than a brother. I think in those moments, God wants to teach you what it means to walk with Jesus in the midst of hell on earth. You know what the enemy loves to do? The enemy, and I, I don't have a great theological term for this, so we're just going to call it, the enemy loves to work in the what ifs. What if, the, what if this never gets better? What if I always feel this way? What if this disease is terminal? What if, what if, what if the enemy loves to play those games in the what if moments? What if he never changes? What if, what if, what if, what if this is the way my life is always going to look? What if I never get delivered? What if I never get clean? What if I never get sober? See, the enemy loves to play those what-if games in your mind. And here's what he'll, he'll cause you to do. He'll cause you to worry and fret and get anxious over things that have never happened. And, and if, he can, if he can get you all up in that without it ever even happening, guess who wins? That's why I want us to have a biblical... That's why we spent all last year talking about getting God's Word in your heart. Because in the what-if moments, here's what I want you to tell the enemy. I am bought with a price, the blood of Christ. The life I live is not my own, but I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What if it never changes? Oh, it's going to change. It might not change on this side of heaven, but there come a day when he will wipe away every tear from my eyes and all sorrow and all hurt and all sickness and all pain will be gone forever for the old things are passed away. Man. So so I can hear by your response, you believe what I just told you. So why don't we? Why don't we respond like that? Why don't we respond in faith when we, we can't get the bills paid? Why don't we respond in faith? Why don't we respond in worry instead of faith? Why don't we respond in anger? Instead of understanding, why do we respond in anxiety instead of peace? Have you enjoyed this sermon so far? You, that's probably going to stop. <laughs> the reason we respond emotionally instead of from a biblical perspective is because you reflect what you consume. 
Let me see if I can paint a picture. If, if I'm standing on this stage, and I, I just talked to you about me, me being diabetic. What if, what if while I was standing on this stage, I had, you know, a 32-ounce sugar Coca-Cola? <laughs> and I'm, I'm sucking that down. What, what are you going to think about how I'm taking care of myself? You know, if, if while I'm preaching, I got a snicker bar, right? See, I, I think that, that what we've done in, in the church world, in, in the Christian world, here's what we've done. And I remember these days, and I remember saying and preaching these sermons. And we spend more, we spend an awful lot of time about telling people what not to put in their minds, right? About what not to put in. See, I, I remember... Now, now listen, I, I remember having, when I first joined my home church, we, we committed to not go to movies. That was part of the deal when you joined our church. We all did, but that's the, <laughs> you know, you, there's certain music you shouldn't listen to, and there's sh- certain movies you shouldn't watch, and there's certain magazines you shouldn't read, right? We, 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 we there's certain things you just shouldn't put in your mind. It was all about what you shouldn't do. But I'm going to tell you this bigger than that, y'all. See, I, you don't get healthy by what you don't put in your body. You get healthy by what you do put in your body. And, and what I'm challenging you with is let's just not have a moratorium on the filth of the world that we put in our mind. Let's put the right things in. Here's what, the, here's what the Bible says in Philippians 4. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thought on, on what is true, on what's honorable, what's right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Is he, talking, what, what, is he talking about your thoughts now? Think about these things. Think about things that are worth thinking about. And then he says, if you'll do that, keep putting into practice. Now he's talking about your behavior. All the things you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. He said, if you'll think about the right things, you'll do the right things, and you'll feel peace. So, I guess what I'm, what I'm imploring us all to do is let's not just worry about, well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't watch porn, and I don't watch R-rated movies, and, you know, I, I, I don't listen to, you know, gangster rap. Is that even a thing still? <laughs> is it? I don't know. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to, you know. Uh, let's take that a step farther. Let's feed our minds with things that are going to cause us to be the people God's called us to be. The Bible says we're supposed to worship in spirit and in. I can't worship in truth if I'm filling my mind full of lies. So here's the question that I asked on Facebook that I got. I, I, I put this question out, I guess, Thursday. And for the most part, I got really positive responses. And then I got challenged yesterday in a beautiful way. 
But here was the question. Is it possible to acknowledge and affirm those of us who have struggled with mental health while simultaneously acknowledging that some mental health issues can be a byproduct of our own decisions and lifestyle? Here's what I want to tell you. I, I believe with everything in me that, and, and they, I'm not sure who they are always, tell us that when we struggle with mental health, it's usually a perfect storm. It's usually a perfect form, storm of neurological things that's going on, some biological things that's going on, and some environmental things that's going on. And I get that. And, and that's, a, that's a real problem. But I think for most of us, here's what happens. We make poor choices with our lifestyle. We don't take care of our minds like we're supposed to take care of. We put things in our head that don't belong. We let words come out that should never come out. We focus our minds on, on, the, on the lies of our enemy instead of the truths of our Savior. We focus our minds on a place where we should never go, and then we wonder why we feel the way we feel. So what I want to give you in the time we have left are how many? One, two, three, four, five steps to a renewed mind. And I told you I didn't want to offer you some religious platitude. Somebody said, you just can't pray it away. So here's number one, pray. In fact, Philippians chapter 4 says it this way. I love the way the New Living Translation reads this passage. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Now, now, now think about this just a minute. Tell God what you need. You, know, you notice Paul didn't say thank him for what he's doing. He said thank him for what he's done. Has God done? Let me phrase the question this way. Has he done enough? If God never did anything else for you, has he done enough for you to have a heart of gratitude. Why don't we? Pray about everything. Dwayne, it's not just that simple. Are you sure? Are you sure? Have you tried it? Are you sure that God's not close enough that if you pour your cares and concerns on Him, that He'll take care of you? Are you sure that He won't? Most people that push back against the principle of prayer don't try it. They don't practice it. Well, I did it once. Listen, if you're in the room and you struggle, like, listen, everybody in this room has struggled at one time or another, or probably today, with with thought stuff, mental stuff, emotional stuff. It, there is nothing you can do that will bring more value to your mental health than talk to God. Nothing. No exercise, no mindfulness app on your iPhone or whatever. There's nothing you can do that'll, that, that will change the season like talking to your father. And he, here's what's beautiful. I, I, I told somebody one time that 
pastoral counseling is a very unique thing. People will come into my office and for 40 minutes just talk, and I'll say very little, and they'll go, man, I feel so much better. <laughs> it's amazing how just sitting in the lap of your father and going, God, I don't know what to do with this emotion. I don't know what to do with this, how I'm feeling. I don't know what to do with my behavior. I don't know what, help me. Oh, don't you know that, that we have a God who loves us so much and what he desires from us is just for us to acknowledge for a moment that we desperately need him. God, I don't know how to respond here. I want to honor you in my response. I want to honor you with the way I'm handling this circumstance. I want to honor you with the way I'm handling this very difficult season that I'm going. I don't want to respond from my emotions. I want to respond like your child. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to surrender. He said, give your bodies to God because of all he's done. Let me tell you what, that new, what the New Testament, when, when you read that word bodies, what it literally means. It doesn't mean, okay, well, give your bodies to God. Okay, well, I'm cut off my right arm and lay it at the altar. It's not what it means. It means, I, I, I told you you're creating God, God's image, right? Right? That you, were, that you were spirit, soul, and body, Right? So when I offer God, when you read that word in the, in the New Testament, it means I give him my whole self. That I surrender not just my body, but my mind and my spirit. God, I, there's things in my mind I, that, that don't belong. So I'm, they're yours. And, and here's what he may tell you to do. He, he, may, he may give you some pr practical thoughts about what to do with your mind. Like maybe spend a little bit more time in... in in the word I've given you than you do on Facebook and see if it doesn't change your perspective. It's good advice, by the way. <laughs> Offer God. Surrender God. Offer God my body, my mind, my soul, my spirit. The third thing is we're going to pay attention to our diet. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I know the answer. We probably, all of us, spend time ingesting things into our mind that has no business there. And sometimes, now listen, when I said that, you thought, he's talking about the filth of this world. He's talking about junk on social media. He's talking about movies and images that I shouldn't let, and, and all those things are valid. But can I tell you what most of us probably deal with? Are words that come out of our mouth about ourselves. You need to you need to control that diet. Because here's what we'll do: we'll say things about ourselves that God never said about us. We'll say things like, "Well, this is just the way I am." My my mom was depressed, so I'm gonna be. God never said that about you. God said you're bought with a price. God said you're a new creature. Here's how Paul said it to, to the church at Colossians. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. I need to focus my mind on God's way. I need to focus my mind on God's word 
and not what I think. I'm going to tell you something. My thoughts have got me in trouble. Because I'll try to work things out with my own intellect sometimes. And listen, God's, I, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I didn't fall off a turnip truck. You know, I, I mean, I got a little intellect, you know. I made an A on my quiz last week. Come on, somebody. It was hard, too. I know. See, my love language is words of affirmation, so I have to say things like that. So y'all go, good job, and I'll feel good about myself. We got to pay attention to what we let go in our head. Does that make sense? Can I just leave it? If, if you're putting things in your head, let's say it like this. If you're putting things in your mind that look more like hell than they look like heaven, you need to change what you're putting in your head. Number four, you, you promise not, you're probably not going to like this one. Stop listening to your heart. I'm just following my heart. Well, stop it. Here's what Jeremiah said about, well, actually what God said through the prophet Jeremiah. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. How do you feel about your heart now? <laughs> Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search the hearts. Oh, 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 oh here we go. The hearts and examine secret motives that word literally means your mind and i give all the people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve are you seeing the connection again between spirit mind and behavior here's the only way you can listen to your heart you ready is if god's given you a new one because he's Bible talks about in the Old Testament how God will destroy that heart of stone that you and I have and give you a brand new one. Amen. Can I tell you where we, where we, I don't want this to be a legalistic kind of deal, but I just, God gives us a new heart and then we put the same junk in that one. No, that's why I believe we should continually let God renew our minds, renew our hearts. This is not something you're going to do one time. I believe every day, God, here's a prayer. When, when I pray, God, search my heart. And if there's anything in there that offends you, drive it far from me. The only way I can listen to my heart is if the Holy Spirit lives in it. Yeah. All right. Here's the last thing I'm going to give you, and this might, be, this might be the hardest part. God never promised you a pain-free life. He never promised a path without difficulty, without challenge. Your response to that moment, to those difficult challenges of life, though your response in the, in the times of life when you, when you think, this is just too hard. Maybe you're in this room and you've had those kinds of moments. This is hard. See, I've, I've had those and I've stepped, I, I, and I've, I've responded to those moments 
from an emotional perspective. And, and the pain only gets worse. Does that make sense to anybody? Do you understand what I'm talking about? When, when, you, when you get in those moments and you start dwelling on the severity and you start dwelling on the pain and you start dwelling on, on, on just how... What's the right word, y'all? You start dwelling on, on, on how debilitating you feel. It just gets darker and it just gets harder. What do you do in those moments when the pain is heavy and your mind is troubled and you feel the weight of a troubled world? How do you respond correctly? And I was asking the Lord how to, how to where in the Bible I could show you. And this story popped up. And, and, you know, if you grew up in the church and you, you went to Sunday school, you've, you've heard this story a thousand times. It's a story in Daniel chapter 3 about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three, these three men were convinced that they wanted to serve God with everything in them. King Nebuchadnezzar built this huge statue and said, You're, of himself, by the way, that's a little narcissistic, isn't it? Built this huge statue of himself and said, you're going to worship me. And you know what they said? Nope. And he said, okay, big boys, we'll see. We're going to throw you in a furnace. And we're going to heat the furnace seven times hotter than we normally heat it. And here's what's going to happen. We're going to throw you in it. And they responded. They responded. If, now, if they would have responded by their emotions, you know what they would have done? Okay. I don't want to die. Let me read to you how they responded. O king, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. That's words of faith, isn't it? He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, God, I believe you're able to deliver me out of this situation. But even if you don't, I will worship you. I believe you're going to heal me of this disease. But even if you don't, I believe you, you, you're going to take care of my finances. But even if you don't, I believe that this valley I'm walking through will end. But even if it doesn't, I will worship you for the rest of my time on this planet. So the last thing, the last way we, we, we help, that we put ourselves in an environment where God can renew our minds is to lean into God's presence during the even if moments. Even if. In those moments... The even if moments, and I've had a few, the even if moments, I remember that I'm not in control. I'm remembering that I'm not authoring my story, but God is, and it's a beautiful story. I, rem I remember in those moments that it's not, that, 
that I'm not following my plan, but that God has a plan to prosper me, not to harm me, to give me hope in a future. I remember in those moments, in the even if moments of my life, I remember that God is in control and he is well able and he loves me more than I can even imagine. And whatever he allows in those even if moments is for my good, even if it doesn't feel good. I guess I guess today we can sum it up by saying we, we, we get a renewed mind where we surrender that mind to the purpose and plan of Christ Jesus in our life. So we're going we're gonna to have a time just to pray together. So I want you to bow your heads. Nobody's looking around. So I was praying this morning and I, I really felt like <clears throat> I really felt like there was a, there was a couple different kind of people going to be here and going to be watching online that, that I wanted to pray for. And I think uh, I think one of the types of people that are here that might be watching online that say, I need to watch my diet. I think I'm having a hard time responding to emotional stuff in my life because I'm I'm letting stuff come in my mind that that doesn't belong. And I need to I, I need to set my sights on things above, not on things of the earth. Maybe that's you. And I thought and I felt like the Lord was saying that there would be folks in the room and watching online that would say there's part of my life that's not surrendered. And I recognize that uh, until I surrender that part, and I know what that looks like, y'all. I, I know what it is like to open your heart and say, God, you can have everything in this heart, but there's this little closet. I'd, I'd really rather you stay out of there. I want you to know God wants that part too. And until he has that, you're not going to be whole. Until he has that, you're not going to be complete. This part of my heart that I don't want you to see, and I just prefer you stay out of, I, I believe that God's going to challenge some of you to open that door today and, and receive healing and forgiveness and freedom. And I think maybe there, there's some folks in the room that might be in an even if moment. And here's what you've done is you've you've gotten outside of your, your own thoughts and you've tried to map out what the even if looks like. And I'm going to tell you not to do that. I'm going to tell you that you'll find freedom and comfort and peace in this truth. You trust God with the even if. 
because it's for your good. Period. He knows what he's doing. He loves you more than you can imagine. And he's at work. And somebody needs to hear that today. He's at work. My, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is when Abraham took Isaac up the mountain. God told him to sacrifice him. And, God, and Abraham and Isaac are climbing one side of the mountain. And on the other side of the mountain, outside of Abraham's vision, is a ram that God was providing. So listen to me. Just because you don't see God working doesn't mean He's not working hard on your behalf. So don't let your emotions, don't let your mind be dictated only by what you can see with your tiny vision. Because God sees far bigger than that. So nobody looking around, if, if one of those three people are you, I just want you to put your hand in there so I know who I'm praying for today. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name. <laughs> God, before we ask anything of you, we confess that sometimes we don't respond to our emotions the way you would have us. Sometimes we get outside of ourselves. And <laughs> so we... Will you forgive us for our blatant humanity? But God, from this day forward, would you help us to respond from your perspective? Would you help us see our world through your eyes? Help us see our lives. Help us see our circumstances and our problems and our our families and our finances and all those things that we worry and stress over. Would you help us see them through your eyes? God, some of us would say, Lord, there's things that I'm letting in my head that doesn't belong. Would you put a guard over my heart? In Jesus' name. Some of us are going to say, God, there's this closet in my heart that I've kept closed until today. So today, God, I'm as hard as it is, I'm opening a part of my heart that I've never given you before. Y'all, it might be resentment. It might be fear. It might be a hurt that you had nothing to do with. It might be your fear of what's, what's going to happen if you open that door. But today, God, we surrender. We open every door of our heart. And God, I pray for those of us that might be in an even-if moment. And we don't know what the future holds. And we don't know what it looks like. But we trust you. We're confident. Not in our own abilities, not in our own lives, but in the God that loves us. We will trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And not lean on our own understanding, but know that you'll direct our paths. In Jesus' name. Would you stand across this building? And as we leave, I just want us to sing this chorus a couple of times. And I want you to declare it as a prayer from your heart. Your name is healing. Your name is life. 
Thank you, Jesus. Stretch your hands toward heaven. Your name Just in surrender and in worship. Your name is life. Your name is love. We worship you, Jesus. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Father, it has been good to be in your house today. Your word, your people. We love you, Jesus. Your name is life. Amen. 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 Would you offer him an ovation of praise for his goodness? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, guys, have a great afternoon. Be here Wednesday night. Be here Saturday for work day. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. God bless y'all. Have a great afternoon.